It's gonna be alright. Experience will wait me. It's gonna get you right. Working, playing, bossing till we reach the light. Working through my past, future's looking bright. The future's looking bright, and it's gonna be alright. Hey, A Noel. First and foremost, I want to thank you for joining me on the Whitney experience today. Um, first of all, you look absolutely gorgeous. Your makeup Robot. is banging. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate yes, you too. Yeah, absolutely. We about to get into a good episode today. We actually talk about this all the time. Um, so it's my survival job versus my dream career. So before we get into it, how has your week been? How has your day been? What you been up to? Oh, Lord. Okay, so <laughs> this, I, can I say my past two weeks have been a whirlwind? Uh, sometimes, if you've heard the phrase, too much of a good thing, that mm -hmm. actually exists. Um, I am currently producing six projects right now on top of my day job and on top of my dream career. And trying my best to find the balance with all of those. And I'm realizing that for me, balance does not exist. It's just about flow. And so um, it's been a very hectic, but it has been extremely rewarding. Um, my niece this past week came to visit and she's also starting her journey as an actress as well. And so I've had her come before she starts back in college wanted her to come and just talk to a few of my friends who are actors as well as producers and writers mm -hmm. so she can have a well-rounded experience as well as understanding how this game actually goes instead of uh, assuming how it goes or like listening to like friends and family members that are not in it. When you right. have someone who's actually in it and mm -hmm. saying, hey, this is what it is. It's not this fanciful red carpet. Shit is mm -mm. <laughs> not mm -mm. always the interviews, even though I love this stuff, like this, that stuff is fun. <laughs> that part isn't the work. The work is when you closing all your blinds <laughs> and you're pulling out three, four different calendars and journals and you're making sure that you're hitting your deadlines. Ooh, you're, making sure you're, writing. you're making sure you're being consistent. The consistency is where the work is that part dang girl literally <laughs> you just talking about your week goes directly into like what we're going to be talking about that's insane i feel that um <laughs> but i'm glad that you have so many good things happening um first of all i'm super proud of you we're gonna get into it in a bit but I let's talk about my day girl what's good with your how, let's start with your day and your Ooh, past week. what's up <laughs> <laughs> so um as you know i am a scrub tech and i had i don't know why i just feel like a clown but i mean i needed the money or whatever i took a co-worker's call like i took part of her call six hours after i worked my 10-hour shift on friday mm-hmm and I was like, oh, it's going to be slow. I thought I was going to go home early, at least get a Ew. good night, like little nap or something before, like just in case I get called in. Oh, girl. How about they let half of the staff go? Actually, more than half. They let the majority of the people go early. And then we got add-ons. And then it got busy. 
And then I was like, damn, like I was so tired. I was like, I thought I was going to go home. So I ended up calling the nursing supervisor because whenever I'm on call on weeknights, I just stay at the hospital. I live too far to be driving back and forth. I had enough time to take a shower and I couldn't sleep as exhausted as I was. Whenever I'm on call, I get nervous that I'll miss the phone call. So like I didn't sleep. I got called in. It was almost one o'clock. So it was after one when I clocked in and I worked until almost four uh, Saturday morning. And then my call started at 7 a.m. Because, like, my weekend call uh, was just Saturday from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. So, okay, so wait, what, did, there, team no sleep? <laughs> like, what? what in the world? Girl, I did sleep when, um, glory to God. So, <laughs> but it's been, it's been, it's been a very crazy week. And that's just with my survival job but before we get into that i do want to play a little game a little icebreaker i mean we already know each other we don't really need an icebreaker but i still want to hear what you got to say like (laughs) but okay i'm a i could pretend you know i could act a little bit like girl yes you can act (laughs) all right would you rather cancel winter forever or summer forever. We canceling winter. I don't give a damn yes. about no damn winter. I, I hate being cold. That's why I am in Los Angeles. I, you know, um, if I never see another raindrop or a snowflake for the rest of my life, it would be too soon for my ass. So um, I, I do not care about the snow. Have you seen that episode of Hey Arnold when um, <laughs> the mailman is talking about, I hate the rain, I hate the snow. I hate the sleep and I hate the rain. That's me. That's me. I hate all that shit. Give Girl. me all day. Th- see, that's why we friends. That's why we friends. <laughs> so like I was getting my, trying to get my summer body ready. You know, I was hey. like working out, eating right. When I tell you the weather got me fucked up all the, the way. The weather said, no, like, you wait. Forget this. Like I'm about to just, I just ate whatever I wanted. And I was just like, fuck it. All right. And my last question for you, I really want to hear what you got to say on this one. Okay. So um, would you rather perform surgery or fly a commercial plane without any qualifications? Hot damn. You know what? (laughs) (laughs) I'd rather fly the plane. And let me tell you why I'd rather fly the plane. I'd rather fly the plane because... I can at least hit an air traffic control and be like, all right, hey, yo, what this button do? What that button do? What this button do? Okay, this is the lever to go up. Boop. If I'm doing surgery, this motherfucker, <laughs> I, I do one little thing. Boop, and he did. I, like, I cannot. I cannot. I have a larger margin of error flying. <laughs> <laughs> then it's me so trying to be like, oh, let me, okay, let me, let me try to sew you up, and then boop, see, and it's over, and then I get a lawsuit, and I'm going to prison. I'm cool. Yeah, you would. <laughs> you would. Yeah, damn. Yeah, for me, I was thinking the surgery only because. Okay, it depends the surgery. But it depends. Like right there, sis, so you can you can learn through osmosis. You can look a little bit like, okay, yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, that, but 
I will FaceTime a surgeon if I have to. And you can have a backup surgeon. And sometimes the residents know what they're doing. So, I mean, I'm just going to oh. be asking some of everybody. Yeah, girl. And they they now have surgical procedures where they have it on YouTube. Now, you still might mess around and hit an artery. That is some pressure right there. But um, I don't know. Like, I feel like I'd be overwhelmed in a plane. I'm like, bitch, I'm about to die. We all about to die. Like, I don't know. <laughs> But hey, you never said how high we need to fly the plane. So I okay, okay, like, I you're right, like, you're right. Boop, boop. And I'm like, see, I flew it though. I flew it though. You didn't say how high. You, you said it's, it's up in the air. Okay, look, I'll give you 50 feet. Boop and boop. See? I like that. I like that. 50 feet, no higher than 50. That's, see, that's a good answer. <laughs> oh my God, that was fun. I definitely am happy I got to finally do Would You Rather because you were funny. Uh, oh my I appreciate gosh. it. <laughs> all right so now we're gonna get right back into mm -hmm. the actual episode title my survival job versus my dream career okay. so um literally you already pretty much started talking about it about the balance and everything because i'm gonna be honest like i still feel like i don't have this shit figured out that's literally what my podcast is about mm -hmm. <laughs> but as far as like Okay, so you know I've been acting since I was 14, and it's never been like a consistent ongoing thing. I always had things come up, whether it was finances, not having availability, being in like the wrong city, place, like all of those things kind of happen. It's like I never really, I never, I've never given up on myself, but those hiatus and, and pauses, like they kill me. And I like you... I am so glad that like I met you when I moved out here because it was really hard for me. I was doing actually doing things in Atlanta. I just won an award for my first like lead role in the independent film. Um, and it was like sweet. It was like a, a bittersweet moment. I left Atlanta to get married and my husband, like he moved out here before me. And so when I moved out here, just like you said, like they don't have it. They didn't have a lot of stuff for black people. Everything, yeah. it was brunette, blonde, blue eyes. Like it wasn't anybody black. And if it was like, I didn't really you hear back on anything. Or you yeah, didn't so fit the type. Like, right, yeah. exactly, exactly. So that was my struggle. And then, so I've been trying to like, you know, if the opportunities aren't coming to me, let me build my own platform. Let me, let me work with other artists. Mm -hmm. So I have tried so many times to like link up with other artists and I would get ghosted. I wouldn't hear back. Nothing would happen. Mm -hmm. And you are the only person mm -hmm. that I reached out to. And I think, I, did I meet you on Facebook? I think it was like a Facebook acting group. It was something like it that, was. right? Oh my God. Yeah, yeah it was. And you, you were saying like, he said, some, 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 then, like, I'm new. I'm just trying to meet other artists. And I was like, let me reach out to this girl because she in for a rude <laughs> And I And I'm like, I know I'm about to leave, but I can't leave without, like, at least building a, some type of friendship, some type of bond before I go because she, she's not going, she's not going to know or understand how, how Seattle girl is. And so... Yeah, that no, part. Yeah. That. But no, you definitely 
because I was like, what is going on? Is it just me? He was like, nah, it's actually like this. And then we met at a Panera Bread. I bonded with you. We connected like automatically and then you were like yeah but i'm moving to um i'm moving to la next week i think you said that was like what (laughs) yeah and so i um i was like well i know people in la um let me connect you with some of my colleagues and friends you need headshots i know a photographer and then you connected with them became great friends with them we stayed in touch after all this time and that's pretty much how our relationship started. And so um, another thing I appreciate about our relationship, trying to get through this, um, as you've heard a million times, when I decided to go back to school in order to have a better survival career that could support me more financially mm-hmm. and also give me um, not only the stability, but the flexibility that I really needed oh, because yeah. I was working like nine to five ain't gonna do it if you're trying to be an actor and and trying to be out there yeah you gotta have a more flexible schedule and so once I figured that out and I made the decision I still had to work I had to stop the acting I remember I would cry like call you in tears because Mm -hmm. I didn't know what to do I felt guilty for um and I know this sounds crazy but hey Noel you can you may be able to relate to this along with other artists but I don't know like I just felt really guilty because it was like I gotta do what I gotta do to survive but like I feel like I'm kind of giving up on myself like that's kind of mm-hmm. how it felt mm-hmm. because I kept, I kept yeah. having to pause through this process and it just got super frustrating for me and I remember like calling you and you were like, don't, don't, don't feel guilty about that. Like you got to do what you got to do. Mm-hmm. And so when I would, you know, hear about you and your struggles and, and like, it just kind of helped me get through this. Yeah. It was a relief to hear that somebody else was going through the same thing. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So that's basically my story on that. Um, and I, I honestly feel like. I still haven't found a balance. Um, it's gotten it's gotten better. I'm doing more of what I love, but yeah. I don't I don't get to really slow down. And yeah. I um and sometimes like some days if it's if it's getting to where I feel like I've reached my capacity instead of um, putting too much on my plate, I I will say this about myself. I have learned to say no. I have learned to take a pause if I necessarily have to mm-hmm. and give myself grace and understanding and, and realize that it is okay mm-hmm. to do those things because, I mean, you can't burn yourself out with everything. Um, or how else can I give it 100%? How can I do my best? So that's that's something that I've learned um, and worked with with you reminding me <laughs> all the time. So yeah. yeah. So I remember, like I say, um, when you left me, oh, left a coma like <laughs> oh, for LA <laughs> um, to follow your dreams. And I'm, I'm honestly, I'm very happy that you did that because honestly, if I could have, I absolutely would have. Um, but like, if I wasn't married, I definitely would have just did the same. Um, but I want you to walk us through that process. What was that like for you when you left Tacoma and you 
you left to follow your dreams? Uh, oh, that is such a loaded question because um, when I decided to leave, I had to make sure that I exhausted every single option in the Pacific Northwest. So not only in Seattle, not only in Tacoma, but also in Oregon, um, mm -hmm. in Portland, I was busting my behind for years, um, starting off working as a receptionist for KBTC, public television in Tacoma. And I went from that to learning everything I could about public television, learning how master control worked, learning how, uh, how to write copy and how to do voiceover work and all that because I needed to, I needed to take advantage of every opportunity so I can continue to move forward. And then from there, I started learning about becoming a production assistant and that's the entry level position uh, for film and TV. So I started freelancing in the area and then because of those connections I was making on different sets, mm -hmm. I was able to secure my, my Seattle agent at the time. And then I started auditioning coupled with doing the PA work, coupled with even the full-time job. And it got to a point where I was working so much freelancing that I had to leave my desk job. Um, and then still the money wasn't always right. I still mm -hmm. had to figure out, okay, well, how am I going to continue to pay down these student loans? How am I going to figure out how to support myself and build a savings and all of that? Um, and it just really took a lot of work and it still takes work. But in the very, very beginning, it, there were, there were times it was just like a lot of faith because I had, I was still living with my mom and my mom did not understand. She's like, what, you know, what are you doing? You have a stable job. You can set back up and move out. And I was like, no, I, I, it does. It may not look like I know what I'm doing, but I see the I see the end, I see the light at the end of the tunnel and I have to keep following that. And so I had to really block out every single piece of doubt in my mind and from what I'm hearing from other people, especially within my family, I had to mm -hmm. block that out and, and I did. And so it got to a point where I landed my first really, two really big roles for myself as an actress. I started acting for, uh, for uh, TNT, the librarians. Um, and then I did a huge regional commercial spot for Credit Sesame. And once I got, once I secured those, and then I was working as a PA on Grey's Anatomy uh, for, their, for their pilot episodes that they shoot in, uh, in Seattle, I did everything. Mm -hmm. I, I really exhausted every option and the things that I really wanted to do. I turned over every stone and I realized that, oh my God, this is all there is. Mm -hmm. It's time for me to move. And that's like, you, you will feel that pressure. Like, man, I did everything possible in this place and I'm stuck here. I mm -hmm. have to do something completely different. And so you have to come to the realization that if you really want a specific thing in your life, you have to do something that you've never done before. Mm -hmm. So, I had packed up my car, it was February 2018, and I drove, and I knew when I left that state 
driving down there that I was not coming back uh, mm -hmm. to live there. I knew that I was going to come back and do business there and I was going to create the film market in the way that I saw it. Mm -hmm. Not trying, to be honest, I'm not really trying to uh, build, a, build a system for everybody to join. Nope. What I'm doing is I'm creating a very specific lane so I can be the bridge between Seattle film and LA and those who have rocked with me, who have been hungry with me can come along for the ride. But those people that have intentionally pushed and pushed people out and tried to uh, stonewall, I don't know you. Right. That part. <laughs> I, when one thing that definitely resonated with me um, is basically getting rid of that doubt, especially from family and people that you would expect to be in your corner. But sometimes like a lot of people don't understand um, people that prefer the nine to five life and want that um, stability and want to just work hard and, you know, do what they have to do to, to move forward. That's good. That's great for you. But right. when it comes to when you when you have a passion for something and you make the decision that you don't want to settle, mm -hmm. you have to take those risks and you have to work harder. People be like, you need to slow down. You need to just sit down. Like, why, why are you always working? You're the busiest person I know. And yep. I've even had people that didn't quite understand because in one thing you probably didn't mention this, A. Noel, mm -hmm. um, you lack a social life, too. When you're on your oh grind God. like that, you don't, oh there is no social God. life. Yeah. I, let me touch upon that too, because mm -hmm. man, so I've been out here in LA for four years. I want to say the first three years, three and a half, but mainly the first three years, especially with COVID and the pandemic, I barely had a social life mm -hmm. um, because and the thing about it is I mentally prepared for that. I said, when I get to California, I'm here to work. I'm not here to party. I'm not here to lollygag because mm -hmm. this LA is a different beast. And so it's very easy to get caught up in the fanfare. It's very easy to get caught up in the brunch culture. It's very mm -hmm. easy to get caught up in the limelight and the flashiness and to get lost in that circle. There's so many people that will sit here and they will, um, they will pretend for social media. They'll create these posts as if they're wheeling and dealing and they cannot afford their rent the next month. Ooh. There's people that, that will try to look like they're successful instead of just grinding and being successful because they're mm -hmm. so busy trying to keep up with the Joneses. And that is dangerous as well because that means you're willing to do anything and everything to sell your soul. To sell mm -hmm. your soul. And I knew I wasn't going to do that. Mm -hmm. I knew that I had a greater purpose than just be out here and be cute and going to every little party. Because while you're doing every little thing to be at a party, the person next to you who said they also had a dream, they are breaking down their scripts. They are doing the work and they're getting booked. Mm -hmm. I, I want to be the person getting booked because of my work, not because I'm partying with Joe Schmo. That, right. That's, that doesn't make sense to me. That's not, that's not success to me. Success is when I know that I made enough money to save. I made enough money to follow my dream career and I made enough money to keep myself afloat. 
that is really important to me. That part. I love that. That is so true. Um, I actually, when I moved to Atlanta, um, I never lived in L.A., but in Atlanta, I saw a lot of that. I saw people... um, flaunting like they had these really expensive cars and they were renting they didn't even own a home and a lot of them couldn't pay rent i was just like i i just i don't know like just in general i never really understood that um and i always i I will always joke about it but i'd be quick to tell my friends like look i may have been broke all my life but my credit has been on point i pay my bills i make sure that i have a roof over my head i do what i have to do and i've always like worked like two three jobs like doing what i have to do to survive i just you know i i I can't get down like that like i work too hard you know so i mean and and this this shit is not glamorous you gotta work just as hard if you want to if, in order to play hard, you have to work just as hard. That's and it. that's the reality to it. That's Speaking it. And yeah. uh, just real quick before we move on. Yeah, it, yeah. It's so true. It's like, I'm not trying to say like, oh, I, my life is just drab. Because I, I love my <laughs> life. Like, I just, right. let me preface that. Um, but yeah, the course. level of sacrifice for the temporary pleasures to get the biggest gains that's what's important to me because had I not had I not came with that mindset, mm-hmm. they would have chewed my behind up, spit me out. Like I would have I would have boomeranged so quick because I wasn't focused, you know? Mm-hmm. And because of the focus that we have for our dreams, and our dream is to be a working actor, mm-hmm. that's another thing. It's like, what are you really doing this for? Because there's people that be coming out here because they just want to be famous, they want to be seen. Mm. But there's people like us who want to be working actors because we're storytellers. And so people need to get very clear, like, yo, do you do you want to be seen? Do you want to be famous or whatever? And that's fine. Like, you know, just be real with yourself about that. Or do you really want to learn the craft? Do you really want to mm-hmm. learn um, how to convey a story and how to be moved, like how to move a, an audience just by your expression on your face? Right. And so that that part, that's the type of uh, life that I want. And I know that's what you want, too. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's even even for those small moments and like between you and I, when we've had like great things that come up, it's so crazy. It's the most rewarding feeling in the world. And it's like what might be somebody might like, really, that's it. But yeah, like mm-hmm. <laughs> you work hard and, and you have these small moments of victory and yeah. it is worth everything. And you appreciate it so much because you put everything into it. Yeah. And that's, that's just how it is. Um, and my, um, your receptionist job that you were talking about when you came out of college, right? Yep. I have a similar story to yours. I mm-hmm. I almost got a job working for public TV, but it was when they had a, a freeze, a hiring freeze on everything. Because when, right. yeah, yeah, remember, um, in two thousand and nine is when I graduated, um, with my bachelor's in performing arts, and it was awful when I graduated. It was literally like you couldn't get any full time job with benefits. I couldn't find anything very flexible. So my first job was. Um, I was a PA for Clear Channel for one of the local radio stations in Savannah. That's where I lived in Savannah, Georgia. And then, and like I worked there in the daytime, and at night I worked at the Marriott Hotel. And then I was also trying to audition. I was working on other student films and stuff in between. And it was um, 
I'm just going to say it took me a long time to figure it out. And I had to get out of my comfort zone and take risks. So I moved to Atlanta with um, once my lease was up, I packed my car. I stayed with friends until and I had a job. My first job in Atlanta was a PA like I did the entry level thing. Um, and I remember you mentioned that sometimes the money don't always look good. And you were right about that because I, I would have the gigs like for like a few months and then I would get another job. But the the thing is, sometimes that work don't come as consistently. And then I found myself back in the unemployment line. And so I was like, oh, shit, like I got to I got to pay my bill. So that was like a bit of my struggle. So I made the biggest mistake. Well, I'm not going to say mistake because. Everything happens for a reason, mm-hmm. and I have um, gained knowledge on other things. But I went to the corporate world, and I was very unhappy there. Um, it paid the bills, but I was like, I, I can't, I can't do this forever. Um, but I will say that it gave me great content for this podcast because I have tons of crazy <laughs> stories and I'm stuff. Here for it. Even writing, yeah, as like trying to write a script and stuff, like. Some of the shit that I've witnessed and been, I'm like, oh, hell yeah, this is be entertaining. But anyway, neither here nor there. Um, that was like one of my um, survival careers starting out. So with us talking about that, what would you say was the best survival job that you've had? And then after that, I want you to tell me the worst that you had. You know, uh, I want to say that Truthfully, the best and the worst job is the same job is being a production assistant. I can believe that. It, it, it really is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I, I can talk that. about within that realm what was the best job as a PA mm-hmm. I had and what was the worst job as a PA I had. Okay, let's um, talk about it. Okay, so the best job I've had as a production assistant it's actually kind of wild because right before I moved to LA and I'm mad that I got rid of this vision board, but I had a vision board and I wrote down every single actor I wanted to meet within the first six months. And with this PA gig I had, and it was an unpaid gig. I met every single one of those actors. Oh my God, that is amazing. The job was, I was was a PA for this this gala. And uh, unfortunately, because I was, I'm out of respect for the company and stuff, I'm not gonna name drop. Of course. But um, when I tell you it was every single A-lister I wanted to meet in in Black Hollywood, it was. And so when I was on, that side of the game, it was so much fun. And I got to talk to just even just for like a couple minutes, like, hi, how you doing? And to see that they're all just cool people. That that for me was so fulfilling. And then um, the, and that actually, when I did that, that was actually a month into me moving to LA. Oh, wow. Talk about motivation and inspiration. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, what ended up happening was just before I moved, th- this company, I, I had looked them up and I really, I knew, I was like, I'm going to work for them. I'm going to work for them. They are highly connected to one of the biggest entertainers in the industry. So I'll leave it at that. Okay. And um, 
I was like, yeah, I want to work for them. They, they just opened their own theater company. Let me see what's good. And they were looking for volunteers, uh, volunteer PAs for their uh, upcoming gala. And I signed up for it. Not thinking anything else of it, but signed up for it. And I was like, we'll see what happens. And then I got the confirmation just before I, I made the move to LA that I, got, that I got the position. So I was like, okay, bet. So drove down. <laughs> And they wanted to do one more final like interview, which was more so like a, they want to see where they want to place you and all that. Yeah. And so that I ended up meeting another person who was interviewing for a different position, but he's become one of my best friends in LA. And he's also um, a producer as well. And I, and he and I like are like this. So that's why oh, that's like the best job I've ever had. Cause it led me to a lifelong friendship and more jobs through him. And that is so, amazing. So that was the best. So the worst was, um, you know, it's so funny. Anytime I have like a worst story, it's mainly because I operated out of my integrity. And I don't want to make it seem like it was like, oh my God, what'd you do? It's literally, I should have said no, but I said yes anyway, because, oh, that's my friend. So, um, so what ended up happening was with this particular position, this actually wasn't too long ago. This was a few months back. I no longer PA. However, I wanted to help out my friend. Mm. But when I told, when I tell you that job was the absolute worst because the departments were not in communication with our department. We didn't have any walkies. I almost got into it with with another coordinator because she was being condescending. I ended up having a migraine. It got to a point where they said, because we were supposed to be cleaning dressing rooms, and they were like, oh, this dressing room is filthy, which in my opinion, it was not filthy. It just needed to be right. just a quick wipe down. Right. This coordinator wanted us to get on our hands and knees and mop the trailer floor. And I just like how you looking, that's how <laughs> I looked at her. And I said, um, I'm not doing that. <laughs> I'm not doing that. I said, in fact, I'ma go home. I said, I know that's right. And so never ever operate out of your integrity. If you feel like you need to say no to something, just say no. Regardless if that's your homie, that's your friend, oh, you want to help them out. If you feel that instinct, instinctually that no, you shouldn't be doing it, just say no. Just say no. And, and it's for me, that's always been hard for me when it comes to helping my friends because I love my friends. Right. But yeah. With that job in particular, a lot of stuff that happened was beyond her control. She wasn't even a coordinator like that. No, I understand. And so it was just, I was like, oh, never again. So, um, so yeah, those are my best and my worst. Job. Okay. So my best, I will say, um, I'll say my best too, because I will say that when I worked in Atlanta as a PA, it was very rewarding. I got to see firsthand what it was like behind the scenes, creating a production. I worked in the production office. So I was in the office a lot, but I also got to go on set 
uh, quite a few times. And I got to meet these amazing people. I still have relationships with these people. I actually ended up being a nanny for my production manager's daughter. I watched, I nannied her daughter for six months, formed a relationship. I mean, we her daughter is grown now feel old anyway it was a really <laughs> it was a really cool experience um and it was very inspiring and motivating um right mm. so as far as like my worst I don't know if I told you about this one I think I have okay you were gone but it was actually out here in Seattle I um when I was going back to school um and I was working full-time I was taking my prereqs mm -hmm. and um for the surgical tech program and I was working for this mom-and-pop mortgage company and when I tell you that um, I experienced racism um, in the worst way I've ever experienced it as a black woman. And the crazy thing is, like, I'm from Mississippi, right? I lived in Georgia. Like, I would have expected, like, people would expect that I would experience that more there, right? No, ma'am. Um, I was in a situation, I can't believe I stayed two years, but I know why, because I was so focused on just trying to finish school. They were literally right next door to my school. Um, it was slow a lot of times. I was able to do my homework while working. And so, um, but it was very painful. They fired just about everyone that was there if the person didn't quit. And they just said the most inappropriate things. Even, um, I'll never forget, even... After, um, like, I got the job, my boss, like, she was like, I'm really impressed. Because they had to do, like, a credit check, right? They checked your background, your your credit, which I didn't really understand that. But they I had to check that. my credit for some reason. Mm -hmm. And she was like, I didn't expect someone like you to have such really good credit. She was like, I mean, like, you're in. I'm like, what do you mean, like me? Like, the fuck? So um, it was like just inappropriate things that they would say all the time. Um, she would, her and her husband would gossip about people. Um, it was just, it was a lot. Um, and I literally had to make sure um, that I did above and beyond. Mm -hmm. And I kept records of everything just in case they tried to come for me. Discussion, sexual, racist, like everything and I was very uncomfortable and I was the only black person really only person of color there because everybody else is white it was a very small office yeah. um yeah so that was my worst one um so yeah uh That's so crazy. let's move on to the next question so um what are your goals to be exactly where you want to be in your career and in life we know we want to be like a full-time actor. I know you want to produce, you have your own production company now, but let's talk about that. And what would be ideal for you? Like, It's interesting because I feel like I'm in the very beginning of that stage now. Mm -hmm. And so I just want to continue to complete these projects and build lifelong friendships with these mm -hmm. people within the industry. And so... I see myself as becoming a major power player as a producer and actress in this industry. And my biggest goal is really to be so successful that I can take over the Pacific Northwest industry and, and really dominate. Because I had said that I wanted to be the bridge between 
the mm -hmm. film industry up there and down here. And I want to get to a point where it, my influence is so undeniable that if anybody wants to do great work and they have an LA connection, that they have to come through me. Oh, I love that. That part, because yes. when I was in the very beginning in Seattle and in my journey, it was very limiting. Mm -hmm. um, it was it was isolating. And so I want to combat that and say like, hey, you a person of color? Hey, no one's showing you how to get this done or how to carve a life for yourself in this industry, hit me up. I want to be that connect. Um, as far as my life goes, I eventually see myself, and I'm talking about like years from now, like I want to have my own nonprofit. I want to live fabulously. Money is not a thing. It's just there for me to help fund my friends' projects and their businesses. I want to become an amazing investor and I want to be married, have a beautiful life, kids, eh, that's optional. Um, mm -hmm. But I want to have this beautiful, fabulous life, living on a winery, Ooh, I love that. Wines, and being a well-decorated uh, filmmaker and actress out here. I love that. Oh my gosh. Okay, so you have to promise me when you get this house right on your own winery, you go ahead and invite. Like, I already got my invitation, I know, but like, I we're we going to have to schedule some trips for me to come out there because I love right. my wine. No, and this is recorded, so yes, definitely like use this as a legal binding document that. You go to my house. <laughs> that part. Look, I'm going to hold you to it. And you, you know you already got a, a room in my place. I don't have a winer, but you got a room. I know that's right. <laughs> <laughs> we can drink as much wine as we want, though, in my, on my deck. Okay, come on. Because, you know, ooh, wine is always fine and on time. Thank you so much for doing this interview with me. Um, and I love how our ideas and goals and thoughts and everything align. I pretty mm -hmm. much want the same thing that you want to be well decorated. Um, thank you for motivating me and talking me through when I be going through my own shit. And I love how we have that relationship where we can hold each other accountable, where we can vent, we can listen to each other. We can help each other out when we're in need because I mean, like it is hard sometimes. And sometimes when you don't have that balance and you don't have it figured out, it gets really overwhelming but yeah. I just appreciate you, first of all, as a friend. And second of all, as like a fellow actor, professional person in my community, person in my circle. I love it. Um, so, yeah, uh, this was fun, by the way. And before fun. we get off of here, I want you to tell the audience where they can find you and follow you. I want them to follow you and know and see where you go with your journey. Oh, Chile. Okay, so... <laughs> For those who are watching and listening at home, you can follow my journey on Instagram at Fearless Actress. Hit me up on Twitter at TF Actress. If you want to look at my website, it's BeTheFearlessActress.com. And that's my socials. But yeah, y'all better support us. Please do. <laughs> I always got it ain't over no time soon. And you know, we always got something crazy up our sleeves, so. <laughs> mm -hmm, that part. That part in All right. Well, love you, A. Noel. Thank you so much, boo. Uh, thank you.
I love you too, Whitney K. We'll talk soon. Absolutely. You are now listening to Life Inside the OR Scrub Tech segment. Hello and welcome to the Scrub Tech segment. I have Deshaun here with me. Unfortunately, Michael is not with us today, but we are going to get into it anyway. Um, so this is episode seven. We are going to be discussing um, basically my dream career versus my survival career. Um, for me, I talk about it all the time. My uh, dream career is my acting career. Um, I want to write, direct, produce, all of that stuff. Uh, but it costs. <laughs> One of the first things I remember my film professor told me back in the day, I'll never forget it. She said that in order to complete a production, whether you're acting, writing, directing, or whatever, you have to have time and you got to have money. Yeah, and uh, for me... I've been doing this since I was 14, but it's just been really hard trying to find that balance. And I had to keep putting that portion of my life on hold because I didn't have the finances or like I was trying to survive and make a living and literally working two, three jobs, but I didn't have mm -hmm. the time and I didn't really have the money. So um, I went back to the scratch board, as you all know, and I'm a scrub tech and um, I learned like the nine to five thing is just impossible i need to work something more like a 312 type schedule um so i'm gonna be finally working that schedule once i move back to atlanta after i'm done with that orientation period and we'll see how that goes um but what about you like did you ever have a dream career um or do you have one now like what is that looking like for you so when i was younger my dream career was to be an animator like i loved drawing. I love drawing. I love art. Um, but <laughs> I took a time and as I was researching the career, this was probably like sophomore, junior, uh, sophomore, junior years of high school. I was like, oh, these guys don't make enough money to support the lavish lifestyle that I imagine in my head because I grew up broke. So I was like, well, let's let's pick another career. So from there, I was like super interested in doing like architect, uh, becoming an architect. Um, and uh, in addition to that, like I'll, I've always had this fascination of going to work every day in a suit. Like I, when I would go to church, I would see the men in suits, and I thought it was so fucking cool to be able to wear a suit every day. So that was like, that was another thing that like made me want to become an architect. But like, uh, push come to shove, life, and you know, it just that dream fell off. And then um, when I joined the military, I wanted to become a clinical psychologist. Still, you know, putting me in that professional setting to wear a suit every day and. Um, <clears throat> also help some of the men and women that I've, I've come in contact with. But uh, ultimately, now, I don't really feel like I have a dream career other than traveling the world and eating food. Like, <laughs> if I could figure out a, make, wait, a, a way to make that a career, then that would be top-notch. But anything set in stone, no, not right now. That is perfectly fine. Um, I, that actually sounds pretty awesome. You get to travel the world and eat all the time. Oh my god! I, love to eat. <laughs> I sure as hell love food. So mm -hmm. I, mean, I actually thought about being a um, food critic at one time, but because of my dietary restrictions, I was just like, mm, I might have to let that one go. I would risk it all for some good food. <laughs> I really would. I <laughs> oh, really I know would. would. <laughs> Stomach bubbling and everything. Oh, ooh. oh my goodness! Ooh. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Bring that back. <laughs> 
is hey, so funny. It was um, good coming in and bad coming out, but we're not gonna judge them on that. <laughs> not bad coming out. Oh my goodness. Um, that is hilarious. So um one thing I really like what you said, um, you basically don't have anything, you know, set in stone yet. So that's like a huge reason why I wanted to do this podcast is because um, I wanted to remind my millennial people that it's okay to not have the answers. I'm literally in my mid-30s and I still don't know what the fuck I'm doing sometimes. And sometimes my mind changes, you know? So it just is what it is. I feel like society has put this pressure on us that we're expected to be a certain place in our lives at a certain age when it actually doesn't always work out that way. And you have mm -hmm. to give your time, yourself grace and you have to give yourself time. And I constantly have to remind myself that it is not a race. It is a marathon. And that's it's like, yeah. And I mean, I mentally have to like, marathon, kind of, the marathon yeah, continues. R.I.P. Huffs. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So I like that. Um, so I know that you touched a little bit on this in the past when we were on episode two about what made you become a scrub tech, but I would like to um, hear that again. Like what, what brought you to, um, to the scrub tech career from coming from the military? So initially I didn't even know this was a real job, <laughs> but, um, when I had joined the Army, I had ambitions of becoming an EOD, uh, Explosive Ordnance Disposal Technician, um, and mainly because of the sign-on bonus that they offered. It was like $90,000. I'm twenty. I'm 17 years old. I'm seeing the ability. Uh, I'm seeing the fact that the Army was going to give me $90,000 to complete this school, and I was like, I can do anything for $90,000. So I went to basic, you know, I went to AIT, which is Advanced Individual Training from, that's like pretty much school. So I went to school and I was like, oh yeah, this is real. This is real life. I don't want to be blown up. So partly in me failing and then me not holding the innate desire to truly succeed in this career, I was reclassed in uh, the army and the army, uh, God and the army gods saw fit for me to become a scrub tech. And I kind of just been rocking with it ever since. Um, so my next question for you is like, are, like, what are you doing now to work towards, um, your future? Like, I know you don't have everything figured out, but what are some things that you're doing to like, maybe help figure out where it is that you want to be? Are you trying new things? Are you, um, are you just kind of going with the flow? Are you more on like a routine now? Like, what does that look like for you? So I don't have a particular goal in mind, but I do little things um, on a day-to-day -day basis to keep myself focused, to keep myself sharp. Um, like I do at least 30 minutes of self-improvement, whether I'm listening to a book or, you know, I'm doing a little bit of research about things that I enjoy. Um, for a while, I was really into, into doing tattooing. So uh, I was doing a lot of research on that. Um, before that, I was really big on to um, going back to the whole animating thing. Um, I was doing a little research on that. I have a book that I was I'm writing on. Uh, I'm writing, so I do I do a little stuff like little things here and there for all my different little projects. But like, there's nothing like concrete that I'm 100% driving toward. So that's cool. As long as you're doing things that bring you joy and some mm -hmm. excitement i think that's important 
Um, what I don't want for all of us is just to be complacent and just give up on our Your dreams, life. you know, just with this routine. So, but that's that's fine if you don't have it figured out. But as long as we're all striving to be a better version of ourselves and to bring ourselves some happiness. So if that's mm-hmm. traveling the world and eating a bunch of good food, um, I'm here for it. If that's drawing and, and writing a book. And actually, um, I have to share with you guys, Deshaun is really good. Like I've seen his drawings. Um, whenever we have breaks, he's literally uh, at the table um, drawn away with his headphones, like literally in his own zone. So, I mean, who knows? And you actually... Um, you can make some pretty decent money in animation. I know uh, they have concept artists in like the gaming world. My husband mm-hmm. actually uh, works in the gaming world. He's a 3D character artist. And um, I'm not going to lie. Like I was kind of shocked when I learned what type of money that was out there. Kind of mm-hmm. like, like he's money driven. So he was mm-hmm. originally a painting major. And when he found out <laughs> that they don't get paid, he was like, mm, what can I do? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I'm not out here for kick shits and giggles. Like, like it's my passion and everything. But, hey, I'm not about to live in no box, like, on the side yeah. of the street. Painting. I feel that's, that, bro. That's not it. And I've done the struggling artist thing. Like, when I was like, oh, I'm going to really make this acting thing work. And I tried, like, working at restaurants like all the other actors and my ass was barely making rent, you know, and I Mm -hmm. had to sleep on couches and guest bedrooms at my friends. And I mean, that, that was a horrible, uncomfortable place for me to be at someone else's will. And, um, I mean, it was just not for me. It was, it was just a lot more stressful. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I got to figure this shit out and I'm going to have to just figure out my survival career, maybe take a different journey than what I was here, what traditional actors or other people do. But, Man, um, fuck that goofy shit. Um, my cousin is an artist. Uh, shout out to Gabrielle Pettis. She's an actress, and she's actually a pharmacy, uh, pharmacy technician. So the, the the path that you guys are taking is really not too far apart. And she's she's been in a couple of movies with like Cat Williams, DC Young Fly. Like, yeah, she's she's on the up and coming. So definitely don't give up. And you know. Uh, Oprah, she didn't start off big. She didn't make it until she was like in her early 30s, mid 30s. Jay Z didn't make it till he was in his 30s. We all know Morgan Freeman didn't start acting until he was like 66. (laughs) (laughs) Samuel Jackson is saying, like, and I mean, if you're, I'm a huge Samuel Jackson fan. So I've seen him literally go from C to B to A list -list celebrity. So it's, it's definitely about the grind. Like you said, it's a marathon, it's not a sprint. Shout out to Nipsey Hussle. The marathon continues. And that's just how it is. Yes. And with that being said, um, Deshaun, thank you so much for being open and vulnerable with this. And um, this was a really great conversation. And um, yeah, this is it for episode seven. So thanks. And we'll see you next time. All right. Peace. I see you feeding it. Working out all that stress, life don't take no rest. You just give your best, head up, poke that chest. Perfection won't take no less. Uh, it's the witness uh, show. Tune in, it's time to go to a different flow. State your claim in this life and how it resonates. Control the day, not a later date. It feel like you know me. Talking about love for the scrub tech homies. Washington, all the way to the dirty. Break in, still is never getting 30s. Dreams, ambitions, choose your topic. This combo, you better copy it. Attention, you need to lock it. With me, take off like a rocket. Music.
Shake life up, jump out the pocket. Kick indoors, no need to knock it. Record time, you know she clocked it. Yeah. yeah. yeah.